Top of the morning, Dan and Amy. So this was discussed in the bore of an interview that uh, was Leslie Stahl's interview of President Trump on 60 Minutes on Sunday night. Oh, my gosh. What a waste of 25 minutes. Yeah, and received horrible ratings, by the way, compared to the first time he was interviewed on 60 Minutes. Uh, so one of the questions was about the Fed hiking interest rates. We had that uh, pullback in the market last week, and uh, Trump expressed his displeasure with his Fed Reserve chairman while admitting the obvious that independent board can't control their decisions, but he's not happy about it. He likes low interest rates, not high interest rates, low interest rates. And um, the question is, uh, should he be worried less about interest rates and more about six-year high in deficit spending, $800 billion deficit running this fiscal year, according to reports yesterday, uh, particularly against the backdrop of record high federal tax receipts. So the D.C. press corps focuses on the deficit spending because when a Republican's in office, they're deficit hawks. And frankly, to be fair, Republicans should be deficit hawks with respect to other Republicans, when you have Republicans in office, you shouldn't just wave off deficits and the accumulation of debt because Trump's in office and Obama is not. It's a problem. And his um, lack of interest in entitlement, structural reform of entitlements, is a problem, too. And we've talked about that on this show since he was a candidate. But uh, not a spend problem. Record high federal tax receipts, $1.8 trillion, but you're running, you know, uh, very high budget deficits as well. Uh, how much does that continued debt accumulation matter in terms of the long-term health of the economy? Yeah, and it's the highest in six years since 2012. Prospect for jobs, uh, job creation, and so forth. For more on this, we're pleased to be joined by our friend Jim Urio. He is a CNBC contributor, also the proprietor of Brands and Palatine which uh, reportedly has the best burger in Chicago. We should do a live remote from there because I'm really hungry right now for a burger. All right, Jim, you thanks for joining us. You are to do a live remote anytime you want. We'll right, have our good. sales staff call you. Good, good. <laughs> uh, so, Jim, um, square the circle for us on the federal tax receipts and the deficit spending. Well, okay. Uh, you, guys, you mentioned the, the spending increase and the deficit spending. And when I argue with liberals, they look at me like, like – you, and they're spending a lot, and I'm like, yeah, I agree with you. That's the one thing I don't understand. Unless if they could articulate something to me, if they would say, and whoever it be, whether it's President Trump or Larry Kudlow comes out and says, we believed that we were at such a high tax, um, high tax burden, high regulatory burden over the last ten years. The only way we can solidly kickstart things at this time was to go kind of a weird Keynesian thing. Act almost like we were coming out of a recession, even though we the recession had already been behind us. But we're going to increase government spending temporarily, cut taxes and regulations, and then slowly work our way off that. They've never said anything like that. It makes really no sense to me. Um, you know, like we said before, the tax cuts and, and the regulatory rollbacks. Well, of course, they were going to work. Of course, they were going to pay for themselves. Anyone who said that they weren't going to pay for themselves was just wrong. And to make their argument for them for a second, uh, yes, repatriation has front-loaded a little bit. Yes, the government spending itself has increased some of the tax re um, receipts. Sure. But they, they've paid for themselves in almost a year and a half's time. To me, that's astounding. I don't know why they're spending money, and I'd love to know. All right. Uh, I want to get your take on uh, other big news here in Chicago, and that's the uh, filing for bankruptcy protection mm -hmm. by Sears. There's a really good piece. I don't know if you saw it. 
in City Journal by uh, recently deceased contributing editor uh, Stefan Canfer. And he sort of gives us the history of shopping, shopping malls. Uh, you know, 150 years ago, it was Sears Roebuck catalog. Yeah, we have Sears houses that people bought from catalogs yep. that are on our street. There's three remaining, but it's really the store that changed America. Well, so there was the catalog, mm-hmm. and then there was the big department stores, the Gimbals and the Marshall Fields in Chicago and the Feline's and Neiman Marcus and so on. And then came the shopping malls in the suburbs when you had a bunch of World War II veterans returning home and getting out of the city for the expanse of the suburbs. And then the fourth, of course, is the Internet and Amazon. And the question is, um, you know, can some of these can number one, I mean, you've got shopping malls that are in deep Bandini. Uh, so are they the next to go after Sears? And and, you know, what does that mean for economic vitality in the suburbs in particular? Well, I think one of the things that concerned me is that everybody looks at the Sears story and says Sears didn't adapt to online purchases, Amazon defeats Sears, Sears goes home. And that's not really true because Costco, Walmart, Target are just a few that have done fine with stores. The reality of it is is that things there was big changes, people buying things online, and there were small changes, big box stores, and Sears adapted to neither of those. But the demise of Sears, which is fascinating, by the way, because one of the things you mentioned, too, in the 70s, late 70s, early 80s, Sears was 1% of the GDP. Amazon right now is only 0.8% of the GDP, so Sears was enormous. Hmm. Uh, but the reality, of, the, the reality of it is, is that we talk about rates all the time, and you know what? At my core, I'm a rates trader. And ZERP, zero interest rate policy, over the last 10 years was designed so that companies, states, pension funds, all these people could fund their debt cheaply, work out their problems, so then we come out the other side of whatever you call that slow slog in the economy was, those companies would be more equipped to handle the new world. Some things don't do that. Sears didn't do it. They didn't take care of anything. As a matter of fact, they just kept divesting very viable businesses, Allstate, Dean Witter, uh, Land's End, all these things they spun out and just left themselves with the, I can't think of a word I can say on the radio, but you know what I'm saying. Yeah. Well, what about Kmart locations? What's, is that part of this? Well, it's the same, but the, the problem is, and it's, the real estate part of it is nice and it's good, and Walgreens lets us know that you can be you know, a real estate company as long as you have viable stores, too. But the Kmart and Sears combination, that's only one thing on the positive side is the real estate. The bad, the bad news is that they don't really have a, a retail niche. So they're getting the invisible hand. It's BlackBerry. It's Palm. It's when companies have the – it's sitting in the absolute catbird seat. And the, the reality of it is, too, is that to be beaten by Amazon – I know I just said that wasn't the only reason. But Sears invented that model of shopping from home. And for them not to have noticed it when it was starting to gather steam seems to be almost a crime. Well, also, the real estate piece of it with Sears, um, that turns out to be uh, somewhat of a problem, too, because they've got a lot of real estate in terms of where they cited their stores in high property tax uh, and sort of lower lower income uh, parts of big cities. It's fun how that works, isn't it? it does, that's not a good equation, is it? No. No. So that's so here we are. Then. So we're gonna, well, a well, lot but, of empty storefront. I mean, the Sears on Lawrence at Six Corners. What are they going to do with that space? Yeah, I mean, this this speaks to this idea that uh, you can quick e- re- uh, easily revitalize these white elephants around the west and south sides of the city, the south suburbs, and other areas that have uh, not seen have seen better days than uh, than today. And they and they come up with 
policies that continually drive them away, and then they wonder why they've been driven away. I don't like you can beat your head against the wall trying to figure this stuff out forever, and you're not going to. I think there's just some dumb people who are politicians and urban planners in big cities. What about uh, the impact uh, in the the you know more successful suburbs at this point, more economically upscale suburbs at this point? But you've got huge malls, uh, uh, which uh, say Northwest Suburban Cook. You've got obviously the malls in Schaumburg, you've got Oak Brook, you've got these big malls, and the projections are, you know, that you're looking at uh, 25 to 30 percent of malls that may fail in the coming decade. Well, I, I think it's a big deal, but as long as it happens relatively slowly, that's just creative destruction in my mind, and things will come around. One of the reasons I got into the restaurant business is looking at the retail business and things gravitating toward our online, what was going to be the benefit of it? What couldn't be replicated online? And that was like the social gathering places. And I, I believe there's something to that. People got to go outside of their house. They can't just sit on a computer all day. I don't think anyway. So I don't, I think as long as the problem is not creative destruction over time. The problem is that when it happens too quickly, and that happens in a lot of things too. Like you mentioned, the stock market juxtaposed against rising interest rates. The stock market was perfectly comfortable with interest rates going higher until they gapped higher and went high quickly, and it was the rapidity at which they went up last week, not the ultimate level they were at that caused some distress in the stocks. Well, with respect to interest rates then, what's your assessment of the Fed's approach thus far to try and unwind from uh, 10 years of easy money? This goes against because I was I was so against all the easy money, and now I'm against how quickly they want to take it away. And people will listen to that and think that there's a weird irony and a contradiction, and I don't think so at all. We've gotten the economy used to low rates, and I want rates to go higher. But this is going to take a long time. This is something we've never faced before as far as, as having rates so low for so long. And in my mind, all that does – is um, encourage bad habits, whether it be from states, from pension funds, whatever. So I think the Fed should continue raising rates, but not be so aggressive with their rhetoric and not be so aggressive with their timetable. Well, as a business owner in Cook County, I mean, you have to make sure that your customers are pleased and keep coming back because of your high tax bill, correct? Oh, there's no question about it. If you were in the restaurant business, you would think that they set up the regulation and the taxes under the assumption that that most restaurants pocket a bunch of cash. So if you're a restaurant that doesn't pocket cash like us, um, we, it, it's amazing. It seems like they're it's almost punitive what they do. So I it's it's we I take a half hour of your time if you sat in our office and you'd laugh your head off when we tell you all we have to pay and all the regulations we have to adhere to. Yeah, it's funny. So as long as you're not sitting on the the, the side of the desk where you're writing the checks. Exactly right. When I say funny, I don't mean the traditional right, right, tragically funny, funny. Shakespearean. We have a line out the door. You know, I don't understand if you have a restaurant that's trying to get by. Well, that's why so many restaurants fail, obviously. He is Jim Urio, CNBC contributor, the owner of Brands in Palatine. Jim, thanks so much for joining us. Appreciate it. Thank you for having me. Thanks, and he joined us on our Turnkey Pro Answer line.